What did I just say? Sound like the usual mindless, boring, getting to know you chit chat. And we welcome you into episode 162 of the Green Insider, powered by eRenewable. My name is Greg Frank. We're going to get to Mike Niemer, the CEO of eRenewable, and his guest on this follower Friday, Preston Ochner, in just a minute. But before we hear from Mike and Preston, we do want to check in with eRenewable COO Ann Niemer. So without further ado, here's Ann. Ann Niemer here, COO of eRenewable. We know today whether you're a public company, private equity, or privately held company, ESG and sustainability are important to your company. At eRenewable, we can help you achieve some of those goals. If you have any questions or need any assistance with regards to reaching your sustainability goals, please visit us at eRenewable.com to learn more. As always, thank you for listening to The Green Insider, powered by eRenewable. Today I'm interviewing a past guest of ours. Preston Ochsner, who's been on two of the Green Insiders in the past, but until we were getting ready for this show, I didn't realize that, Preston, it's been a little over a year since you've been on our show, so sorry it's taking so long to get back around. Oh, no problem, Mike. I appreciate uh, you thinking of me and always uh, impressed with the work you produce and uh, appreciate the invite. Well, uh, thank you so much for the kind words. 2022 is over. We're certain 23. Tell me about how is everything going for uh, you and what you're doing, uh, how'd 2022 work out for you, and what have you got going in 23? 2022 was a good year. I appreciate you asking. We had our best month uh, as a company in November of last year. Uh, we've got a, another client signed up uh, this January already, so it looks to be a busy Q1 uh, to continue on that in the retail M&A world. In the retail M&A world, you know, we always hear people talking about, you know, whether it's a uh, REPs want the bigger ones wanting to buy smaller ones or brokerage shops, bigger ones wanting to buy smaller ones. Are those trends changing at all or is it still the big person trying to buy the little person? There's some medium players out there and I guess maybe I'll give some numbers to describe it. So I typically, from this point of view, think of uh, companies, uh, providers at least in RCEs. So I would describe the medium size provider as being 50 to 60,000 RCEs and up. I would describe a large provider as being 250,000 RCEs and up. So in general, your comment earlier is true. It typically tends to be the smaller providers uh, being gobbled up by the bigger ones. But we are, you know, the deal we closed uh, last quarter. Q4 was a smaller provider selling to a medium. So there's some activity in the middle too. Well, you know, and in, in no matter what market you're in, and it could be whatever widget you want it to be, you know, there's always going to be consolidation point, and we've continued to see that in the uh, power market, and uh, I don't think anything's going to change from that model. I do get a feeling now that so many smaller ones have been rolled up over the past, you know, five to eight years, that some people are trying to start some smaller ones again and maybe flip them three years from now. Do you get that same sense? Yes, definitely. I think so. I think you had on uh, Branch Energy a while back, so that's a good example. I've worked with Daniel McDonald. Uh, He's been a client of ours in the past. So to your point there, somebody that's, uh, you know, was associated with Just Energy in the past, went off and started their own 
provider, and I agree with you. In three to five years, they'll be looking to exit. Yeah. So, you know, one thing we uh, try to pride ourselves on on our show, The Green Insider, is we try to educate the public that's not necessarily an energy specialist. So today I want to turn a little bit to what's going on in ERCOT. And so, you know, everybody hears in the news, there are supply chain issues and solar panel issues coming out of China that's slowing these projects down. Well, uh, in ERCOT, because that's, you know, where you're in Dallas and I'm in Houston, that's where we live. Why don't we talk about the developer's uh, generation interconnection request? How many requests for being connected into ERCOT do you see in the market right now? What's in the queue? Yeah, it's a great question, Mike. So based upon ERCOT's last report, December report uh, for the end of December, there are 1,254 interconnection requests in the queue as of December 31st. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't pay attention to that as much as I should. Is that 1,200 plus applications a high number or is that where it's been running for the last few years? Do you have any idea or feel about that? That's a high number. Uh, that's the highest I've ever seen it, Mark, mm-hmm. in the 20-plus years I've been in ERCOT. Okay, so if that's the high number, what is the volume that's associated with those that, those number of applications? Well, that's a great question. So the total is 245,000, almost 246,000 megawatts. So megawatts would be peak capacity in this case, the capacity measure. Gotcha. So 246,000 megawatts are in the queue trying to get connected to ERCOT. Now, mathematically, that's going to be an impossibility, right? So a share of those are not going to get connected at all. Is that correct? Uh, That would be correct. And I would venture to say the majority of those will not. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, is it fair to assume that if, if the applicants are lucky, 25% get the interconnection that they need? I think that's right, probably, Mike. Again, the ballpark, so maybe a little bit higher than that. I think that uh, as the process goes along, uh, it gets more efficient. Deals get priced better, uh, more accurately. But I, I certainly say it's in between 25 and 30%. Maybe a third would be my bet. Okay, and so... Uh, now, if those, we've talked to, about the application process a little bit, so there has to be a, a number that have their have got their interconnection, and now they're in some phase or progress of building their projects. Can you tell us how many megawatts are in the in the queue of being built right now? Uh, pretty close. Uh, this doesn't give us visibility into ground level, uh, you know, what's under our construction. But the furthest category, I guess think about it as a funnel. So we started at 246,000 megawatts at the very top of the funnel. Uh, there are several funnels that these projects pass through. If you go to the, the most stringent, the smallest funnel, uh, it's a funnel of screening studies completed, uh, full interconnection can study completed, and an interconnection agreement in place. In that smallest funnel, uh, which is still a pretty big funnel, there are 39,000, almost 40,000 megawatts, representing uh, 222 requests. So 
that funnel shows 222 projects in the process of being built, making up almost 40,000 megawatts, correct? Yes, that's correct. Uh, just over 17%. Wow. The total. And, and those 222 projects are probably at one stage or another of being priced out uh, as far as uh, having the price on their PPA that they're going to, that they're building, using the funds to build this with. And so, um, you know, I don't know about you, but last couple of years, PPA prices in ERCOT have done nothing but go up, haven't they? Yeah, that's right. And it's been about two years. That's right. That's probably when we hit bottom in pricing. Mm-hmm. And so we probably were in the, the very low 30s or the upper 20s. And now, you know, we're, you know, 42 $43. Isn't that correct? Yes, that's right. It's, it's incredible on a percentage basis, the increase. Mm-hmm. And just for your own personal opinion, do you see that price trending continue to trend higher, or do you think it'll trend back down in the near future? I, in the near future, I think flat to down. In the medium term, in medium term, I'm thinking a year out or longer, a year to five years, I believe we'll see uh, those prices stabilize some, potentially even increase. One of the biggest reasons is, as you know, ERCOT is still – predominantly a natural gas market. So, you know, natural gas today, you know, the prop month is at uh, $3.31, uh, but it's been over $9 in the last uh, 52 weeks. So that's a big determinant. The natural gas price is a big determinant of where those PPA prices go. And those are two completely different markets, three thirty versus $9. Yeah, because... You know, isn't it true that about 60% of our power prices are derived based on what the natural gas price is? Is that is that still the going number? Uh, that sounds about right. I think it's come down a little bit just because of there's so much renewable out there. As you said, those are being priced, and, and some of those presumably have, or a majority of them probably have PPAs as well. So those PPA prices, even though those projects are not delivering electricity today to the grid, they are having an influence on the longer-term prices. Well, Preston, Preston Auctioner, thank you so much for uh, joining me again on the Green Insider, Powered Bee Renewable. Uh, congratulations on having your best month of your company's uh, history uh, in November. Congratulations. That's always a good way to end the year. Hopefully your project in Q1 is uh, as successful as that project was. Yeah, thanks, Mike. I appreciate that. It's good to see you out there uh, still doing this and having new projects come online as well. So hopefully we can work together on some of those, too. I look forward to it. That's Preston Ochner joining us on this week's Follower Friday. Everybody have a good weekend. And uh, thank, once again, thank you for listening to the show. You can find us wherever you find your podcast or just go to our website at eRenewable.com. And just remember... If you can leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast, that is always much appreciated. Thank you for listening to The Green Insider.